Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. My name is uh, Kyle Judah. I'm the lead pastor here, and we hope you have a life-changing experience uh, today at Transforming Life. Let me celebrate a few, uh, or just something real quick. Um, Yesterday, we started stemming berries. Uh, for the Strawberry Festival, if you're a guest with us, we have a Strawberry Shortcake booth at the Strawberry Festival. And as many of you know, that starts this Thursday. And so we'll be selling Strawberry Shortcakes there. We've been doing it for years. And, uh, and we'll sell Strawberry Shortcakes there so that we can impact our community. We use those, those profits and proceeds to impact our community, as well as to partner with missionaries and different missions projects all around the world, and also it helps uh, take care of our ministries uh, here at, at the church as well. So we started that um, this week. This is my first year at the festival, so I got uh, initiated uh, yesterday, I guess, so um, it was awesome. We had a great time. We had an amazing uh, group of people that were here yesterday, and so if you were here yesterday, thank you so much uh, for being here and giving up your Saturday morning um, to come, and, and we knocked it out pretty quick. I know that was just the, the taste of it. We haven't fully dived or dove into that just yet, but, uh, but we knocked it out pretty quick, and and it was, it was actually fun. It didn't feel like work. Uh, my hand did cramp a little bit, Billy. Um, I'm, I'm a rookie, so I, I, I'll have it done. I'll have it down by the end of it. But, uh, but we, had, uh, we had a great time. And hey, over the past uh, couple weeks, we've also had, um, as we've come in, um, we're, we've been here almost three months now. That's pretty cool. Uh, but... Um, but we've uh, had to transition to different things and change up a few things. And so there's, there's some students that were in Kids Church that now um, are, are coming in here to the main service. They were, uh, they're in middle school now or they're, they're out of age now where they're not in, uh, in Kids Church anymore. And so they're hanging out in here with us. And I just want to say, hey, what's up, guys? We're so glad that you are hanging out with us and, and being a part of our adult service, big church, as we've always called it, right? But we're, we're so glad that you're hanging out with us now. And, uh, and uh, so you guys, if you see them, uh, welcome them uh, into. To, into the big house now. Um, we have fun. It's okay. You know, it, it's not boring. If you think it is, um, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty silly and goofy, as many of uh, the people can attest to. So so we have a good time uh, together. Hey, over the past couple of weeks, we've been in a series called Love Well, Live Well. Uh, we've been talking about how to navigate through relationships and, and the various relationships that we encounter, whether it's family, friends, or uh, you know. Marriages, just co-workers, there's all sorts of relationships that we go through in our lives. And we've been talking about how to navigate through that so that we love well and live well. And we learned that the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, and soul. If we don't get that first, everything else is off balance. Our, our lives are out of balance. Our relationships are out of balance. So, so we learned that to, to love God, to love Him well, we would live well. Right? And then that spills into the second greatest commandment, and that's to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so, so that's where the relationship part of it uh, kind of comes in. Because to truly navigate our relationships well and, and to love well and to live up, uh, we have to love God because it's from Him that true love flows. And we've been talking about that over the past several weeks. And so it's all been about our love to others or our love to God. And today is a little bit different because we're going to talk about loved well to live well. And we're going to look at how much God loves us. I know we talk about it. I know many of you know that. But we're going to go through this today and look at the love of God and what He has for us. So if you have your Bible or some sort of device that has a Bible on it, turn to the book of John, chapter 10. And we'll look at verses 1 through 11. John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. Now, uh, when I was growing up, um, there were three different places we stayed at. And I'm pretty sure all of them had cows around the property. Uh, 
We lived next door to a cow pasture pretty much my entire, even when my wife and I got married, we still had, in our backyard, we had uh, a cow pasture. And so, um, so I've lived around livestock, and I know it's Plant City, you know, what would you expect, but, but I've lived around those my entire life. In fact, I just recently learned uh, that Miss Louise Yin's family were my neighbors growing up. In, in fact, uh, one of her relatives was my really good friend uh, growing up. And, and so they had this cow pasture right beside our house. And so we would go do what boys do um, when we're kids. We'd run around that cow pasture, fling cow stuff at each other, and play in the woods. There was woods around, so we'd build forts and play in the woods and do all kinds of crazy things. And, um, and they had this old Jeep, I think it was like a Jeep Cherokee or some sort of SUV like that. And we would get in it. I was probably about 10 or so, and he was a couple years older than I was. But we'd get in this Jeep, and you know, the, the pasture's real bumpy, and it's got a bunch of divots and hills and things like that. We'd get in there and just go crazy out there in this pasture. Um, and then on the other side of the, the pasture, there was a fence that led into the church that we grew up in. It's Midway Baptist when we were there. Now it's um, First Baptist Church in Midway. And, um, and, and so we would hop that fence and go. They had a basketball court, a huge field, so we played football out there with the neighborhood kids. And, and we played basketball. And just That was back in the day when you could run the neighborhood and, and it'd be safe and it'd be okay. And, and then when the street lights came on, mom said, that's time to be home. Right? That was back in the good old days. Um, and you can do that. But, um, but I remember there was one time we went across the fence to something. I don't, I don't even remember what it was that we were doing. And, uh, and when we got done, we jumped the fence back in to get back in the, the Jeep to go across the pasture. And, uh, and obviously there's cows. I told you there's cow pasture. Well, they had this Brahma bull. They had this Brahma bull there. And when we jumped the fence, I, I, I don't remember all the details so great, but I do remember the bull being there. And I remember jumping that fence. And as soon as we hit the ground, that, that bull was real close and he started coming at us. So, and we freaked out, and we hustled, and, and you know, anytime you're in a hurry, you fiddle around with stuff, so we're fiddling with the door, oh, the door open, you know, kind of thing, and we took the energy, and we hauled butt out of there uh, before that bull came. Um, so, so I know a little bit about, you know, hanging around livestock, I've, I've seen a calf um, being born, that's a rough experience for that calf, right? I, I've seen a calf being born, it was crazy, um, they had the cow kind of locked in this stock type deal, and She's bellering and kicking around, and, and they just grabbed the hooves once they saw it and slapped the calf right down on the concrete slab. That's a great way to enter the world, right? Uh, you thought it was rough because the doctor spanked your butt when you, you came out, but this, the calf got slapped down just on the ground like it was nothing. Um, so, so I've seen that kind of thing. I've been around uh, all kinds of animals. You can drive down the road, and you'll see donkeys and horses. and That's just that's Plant City, right? Um, but I've never really seen a whole lot of sheep. Um, I'm sure there's some out there. Obviously, if you go to the festival coming up, they have the, the livestock uh, stuff, and there'll be, there'll be sheep and goats and all, rabbits and all kind of stuff in there. And, uh, but, I, but I've never really spent a lot of time around sheep. The Bible actually references sheep more than any other animal. More than any other animal. Actually, about 200 times the Bible references sheep, and it's oftentimes used as a metaphor for people. We, we are oftentimes used... Uh, as the sheep and Jesus as the good shepherd. And so I want to talk about that today so that we can understand that we are loved well to live well. I mean, John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. Don't you know Jesus loves you? That he wants you to have a, a great life, a full life. Now, that doesn't mean everything is perfect, sunshine, daisies and roses, right? That's a misconception in, in, in people's minds that Christianity is just this perfect thing. And it's not always perfect because we're human and we're flawed and, and we have issues. But, but 
Man, a life following after Jesus is like no other because there is no other love like Jesus. Our identity is found in him. Our purpose is found in him. Uh, There is no other love that we could ever experience here on this earth. You might think that person you're married to is just the love of your life. And that's great. And they probably are. But that still doesn't come in comparison to the love that Jesus has for you. That girl you dated in high school. You thought you loved her. There's no love like the love that Jesus. Even your mama. Now we know mama loves us, right? Even that love does not come in comparison with the love that Jesus has for us. So let's go to John chapter 10 verses 1 through 11. We're going to look at challenges of being sheep. And then we're going to also look at what makes a good shepherd. So we're going to dive into that today. You ready? I hope so because I'm going. So you can follow along if you want. Or you can just sit there and do whatever you want. I'm going to read. So listen up. John 10, starting in verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand what he was telling them. They never really did get it, did they? Uh, 7. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming... He abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you are. You are so good. So good to us, Lord. And I pray that we would get that today, that we understand who we are in this, God, who we are to you, and God, who you can be to us, Lord. So, Father, open our eyes, open our minds, our ears, our hearts, Father. God, speak to us throughout this message today in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we go. Four challenges of being sheep. The first one is that sheep get lost easily. Okay? If you're taking notes, the first thing for you, first challenge of being a sheep is sheep get lost easily. Isaiah 53 says, we are like sheep who have gone astray. If you don't know this about sheep, they're kind of goofy kind of animals. They're kind of not very bright and they kind of wander. They'll wander around. They'll, they'll follow their nose on a, a good green patch of, of grass. And it'll, it'll just lead them away from, from their, their, their herd or their pack or whatever they call it. And, and it'll take them so far away from there until they're lost. And they don't know how to get. Because they have no sense of direction either. So they can't get back on their own. Listen, w- without guidance, we're lost. Without guidance, we're lost. We'll wander from place to place. We'll wander from thing to thing. We'll wander from relationship to relationship. We'll wander... Because we're not being fulfilled in those things. We'll wander because we're not finding the happiness that we're looking for. That our soul truly longs for. See, there's an emptiness inside of us. There's a void inside of all of us apart from from Christ that, that is not going to be filled by anything here on this earth or anyone else other than Jesus. 
So what we'll do is we'll, we'll move from one thing to the next because we're not finding peace. We're not finding rest. We're not finding fulfillment. We're not finding purpose. We're not finding safety. We're not finding any of these things. So, so we just keep wandering because we follow our emotions. We, we follow um, our desires. We follow all sorts of things that we think will satisfy us and make us happy. That, that's why we'll get upside down on a truck loan because it's too much truck that we can afford. Right? I'll never get seeing these guys riding around. And if you have a big truck, that's great. All right, go for it. I'm, I'm just envious, I guess, because I really want another truck. But, um, but I've seen these guys riding around these Silverado 2500 heavy duty deals, you know, the, the super duties and all that stuff. And I'm thinking that's great if you need that for work. Like, if you have four wheel drive, that's great. I'm sure that comes in handy. But do you use that for anything? Otherwise, you're just burning up gas, which is crazy expensive right now. It just doesn't make sense to me. When I was growing up, I went to Plant City High School, so it was not odd that you would find these giant trucks in the parking lot. And I'm like, bro, what are you using that truck for? <clears throat> Man, you got a job, you paying for that gas, and mom and daddy paying for that gas, you know what I'm saying? Like it just, now, gas was a lot cheaper back then, but, um, but still, it just didn't make sense to me. But we'll follow whatever, whatever we want. We'll follow whatever we think is going to make us happy. Fellas, that girl, she might be so fine, right? You may think she's so pretty, she's so pretty, but you don't realize she is so crazy too. But you're going to follow that. Well, you're following something else, not your heart, but you're following, you're following something. And you don't realize what you're getting yourself into. Ladies, he might have the cutest dimples on his smile and all the muscles in all the right places, but homie don't have a job. Where the dad's at? You're saying that's right. Okay. My man don't have a job. He ain't the one. He ain't the one. We'll follow all these different, that, that's why people get locked into addictions, drugs, alcohol, because they're trying to fill something. They'll get locked into to relationships that aren't healthy for them because, because they're trying to find something. This world, the world that we live in, our society, our culture, they're looking for something. Everybody's reaching out and grabbing that. All different types of things that they think is going to fill and meet their needs, but, but they're not going to find it unless they find Jesus. They'll keep wandering. Sheep need a shepherd. Number two, so we learned that sheep get lost easily. Number two, sheep are defenseless. Sheep are, are defenseless. There's many animals that have ways to defend themselves, right? There, there's animals that have claws and, you know, they're, they're scary and they'll, they'll even have a, a giant roar and, 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 and big teeth and they look scary and there's all these defense mechanisms. Maybe they're fast and agile. And there, there's some really weird animals out there too. You haven't noticed them. Um, there's a, a Texas, um, uh, it's a type of lizard. It's like a, a not, it's not a horny toad, but it's called a type of lizard, like a horned lizard, uh, so to speak. And, and what it does, is crazy, is it'll, it'll, it'll get so like flustered up and it gets its sinuses all worked up to the point where its, its blood vessels will pop out of its eyes and it'll shoot blood out of its eyes at its, at its enemies. That's weird. But at least that little... A lizard has something, right? You know, uh, what is it? A chameleon. They blend into their surroundings so that they can hide. There's other animals that are able uh, to do that as well. But sheep have nothing. All they do is just sit there and look cute and look at you and say, bah. You know, that's it. They're not even fast. They're kind of clumsy and they just kind of wander around. You know, like they have nothing. They're defenseless. On our own, we're vulnerable. On our own, we're, we're vulnerable. Listen, we read that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There is a thief out there. There's the enemy of your soul. His name is Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him. But he is after you. He doesn't 
you. He is jealous of you and the relationship that you have or want with God or could have with God. And, and He wants to take you out. And if you don't think there is, you are only fooling yourself. It's very real. And He wants to steal from you. He's deceptive. He'll lie. He'll just, that's what's got us in the mess that we're all in in the first place is that He deceived Eve and Adam. He twisted the truth of God to get them to believe a lie. And here we all are in a pattern of sin that we're born into. He's deceptive. He'll lie. He'll twist the truth. He doesn't want you to understand your identity. He doesn't want you to get your purpose because you are dangerous, right? Look at your neighbor and say, you're dangerous. You are, you are dangerous. Listen, if you can get this, if you can get this, if you can get your purpose, if you can get your identity and who you are in Christ, if you can understand the mission that, that God has you on you, you are dangerous to the devil because you are faith-believing, spirit-filled, demon-slaying, hell-depopulating. Come on, somebody. You are dangerous to the enemy if you will get your purpose and you will understand who you are in Jesus. But when you get down, he wants you to stay down. When you're down, he wants you to stay down. When, when you're depressed, he wants you to stay depressed. When you are broke, bust, busted and disgusted, uh, oppressed, he wants you to stay stuck in that. Not knowing who you are, not knowing that you are more than a conqueror. Not knowing that, that, that we, we have authority and power in Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to know that stuff. On our own, we're vulnerable. But in Christ, whoo, better watch out. In Christ, we have everything. We have everything. We have joy. We have peace. We have strength. We have power. In Christ, we have everything. But the, the enemy wants to steal. He's a thief. So he wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to rob you of your peace. On our own, we are vulnerable. The shepherd has the best interest of the sheep in mind. In fact, he'll lay down his very life for the sheep. Jesus has come so that he can give you life and life to the fullest. Sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. So sheep are defenseless. They get lost easily. And third, they're stubborn. Uh, sheep are stubborn. They're, they're not very smart, like I said before. In fact, I read if a sheep kind of wanders into a situation where they're walking through a couple rocks, let's say two rocks or some sort of mountainous area, uh, and they get stuck. They won't back out of it. They'll keep moving forward till they get even more stuck, right? How many of you are the type of people that you won't ask for directions when you're going places? Now, nowadays we have GPS, so we don't have to do that, but, but maybe some of you uh, don't like to ask for directions. Maybe it's just a, a guy thing. I'm like that at Walmart. I, I won't, I'll spend 30 20, 30 minutes trying to find something. First of all, you can't find anything at Walmart. It's ridiculous. It's not where you think it would be, right? Um, but I'll spend 20 or 30 minutes trying to find this, and I won't ask anybody because they're not going to know anyway, right? I mean, <laughs> if you work at Walmart, I love you. Jesus, Jesus loves you too. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I won't ask. It's just a stubbornness that some of us have, right? Um, rather than ask for help or admit our flaws, we'll stay stuck. So many times. Do you, do you know anybody who is stubborn? Are they sitting next to you this morning? <laughs> I heard some loud amens there. Some of y'all amen louder to that than you did during worship this morning. I don't know what to, I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> but sheep, sheep are stubborn. And we are stubborn. We can be prideful people. We can be stubborn. 
And we'll get stuck in our own ways. We'll get stuck in a certain mindset. We'll get, we'll get stuck in a pattern. Because we don't want to admit our faults, our flaws. And there, there is freedom for you today if you didn't know that. If you're stuck in a situation, if you're stuck in a, in a rut in life, if you're, if you're, if you're stuck in, in anything, there is freedom for you today. And it's available and it can happen just like that. If you will just give your life to Jesus, if you'll surrender to Him and just realize, man, I, I keep spinning my wheels. I'm not getting any traction. Well, I'm telling you the traction right now for you is Jesus. You want freedom? It's found in Him. It's found in our shepherd. Sheep need the guidance of the shepherd because sheep need a shepherd. Number four, sheep are filthy. I know they look cute and we, we see pictures of them or, or maybe you go to the festival and you see all the livestock and they keep the sheep all groomed and cleaned up real nice because they're trying to get money for those animals if you didn't know that. But generally speaking, sheep are filthy. They're stinky. They have no way of cleaning themselves and they probably wouldn't clean themselves if they could. Anyway, right? If you understand what we're talking about today. So they need someone to come in and clean them. They need the, the shepherd to, to groom them and, and take care of them. Listen, you ever been around something that maybe it's, you step into a room or, or, or you just, maybe it's your car and, and it smells, a certain smell that's in there. And at first it's like, ooh, that's funky, right? But, but over time, the more you sit in it, the more it, you just become numb to it and it doesn't bother you anymore, right? Anybody you experience that before, right? You, you just get used to the smell. Sin works like that, doesn't it? At first, it's like, ooh, I shouldn't, shouldn't have done that. And the guilt and the shame and all that stuff kind of sets in. But, but, but then we kind of get just used to it. We get numb to it. We get desensitized to it to where, where it's just not a big deal anymore. We don't feel that conviction anymore. And we get, we get stuck in it. Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need someone to take care of them. To clean them. That's only found in Jesus for us. The Bible says that we are the sheep and that we need a shepherd on our own. We're lost. We're vulnerable. We're unsatisfied. There's that emptiness inside of us apart apart from Christ. We, We need a Savior. We need a shepherd. We need someone who is going to show us the way. We need someone that's going to help us to live the truth. We need someone that's going to help us to live. Fortunately for us, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our good shepherd. And he loves you like no other. Jesus said that he is the good shepherd in John 10, 11. So, so let's look at what, what is the good shepherd? What, what are those characteristics? What is it that makes him a good shepherd? Yes, we know that he loves us, but, but what else, right? So, so let's look at that. So the first thing is that he guides. If you're taking notes, the good shepherd guides. He leads and guides us. Psalm 23. David understood this when he wrote this song. He, he understood who he was and whose he was. So Psalms 23, 1 through 3, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. In our passage today in John, John 10, 3 through 4, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And here it is. The sheep listen to his voice. They know his voice and they listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Listen, God speaks to us in so many ways. And I believe God is always speaking. It's just a matter. Are we tuned in to him? 
Are we tuned in to him? Do we have that relationship with him that, that we not only know his voice, but we hear it when he calls us? And, and he speaks to us in so many different ways. It might be an audible voice. You might have that close relationship where you get to hear an audible voice like, like many of the prophets did in the Old Testament. And, and have that, that closeness and that you know God's voice and you know when he's speaking to you. It might be a still small voice. We know God speaks in a, in a still small voice. And it might just be a, a quiet whisper that, that, he, and he, that he whispers into your spirit with. And, 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 but, but he speaks audibly to us. He speaks through his word. He speaks to, so if you want to hear from God, you should read your Bible because he will speak to you. He will reveal things to you through his word. He might speak to you through an idea. A lot of people have good ideas. We need some God ideas. God wants to speak to you through an idea, a thought. Maybe it's an image that just pops into your head. God wants to speak to you. Maybe it's a dream or, or, or a vision that he could. God still does that if you didn't know that. That's not just something that we see in the Bible. God will speak to you through dreams and, and visions. There's so many ways that he will speak to you. Are you listening? He can speak through someone else. He might give someone a word uh, to give to you or to reveal to, to the church and, uh, as a whole. But he'll speak through someone else. Or maybe it's a, a pastor giving a message, but he'll, he'll speak through others. He'll speak through different things. You can see God in, in everything. His creation, the Bible tells us creation cries of, of its creator. You can, I, I could go out and look at a tree and, and realize that tree has roots. And if it's rooted real well in the ground in good soil, no matter what comes its way, no matter what storms, no matter what wind blows, it's going to stand firm. See, that, that a creature in there. I'll get on another sermon for you. You get two for one, right? But you can look at, and, and see God in, and also you can see God in, in the movies, believe it or not. I don't know the movies. That's, that's what they No, it's not. <laughs> it's okay. You can go, go have fun. But you can see God even, I mean, come on, Star Wars, y'all. Star Wars. Listen, where do we get morality from, right? It comes from God. So in everything, in literature, in literature, in movies, in stories, there's, this whole, there's always this fight of good and evil, right? Where does that come from? You know what I'm saying? Right? And there's so many things. I could, I'll go on another thing with Star Wars because there's so many things in Star Wars, believe it or not. But you can see God. You can hear God. You, God will speak to you through all sorts of things. If you are listening and if you're tuned in, Tune in to him. God will speak through you through experiences. Through moments in your life, whether good or bad, life lessons. There's things that we can learn through all of our experiences. And God will speak through those moments into your life. God is always speaking. Are you tuned in? Is his voice amplified in your life? Or are there other voices that are louder than his? See, there's, there's other voices in your life. There's other voices around you. What are you tuned into the most? Is God's voice louder than, than the others? Do you even know his voice? Would you, again, in the midst of all the voices that are speaking out around us, do you know God's voice in, in all those other things? I was at Walmart a few weeks ago, and my, my grandmother uh, was there a few aisles over, and, and I, had, um, I had checked out in the electronics department. I had my son with me, and we were, we were just cooking along. I'm ready to get out of this. I'm in and out of Walmart. Y'all must think I hate Walmart, but, but I, I'm in and out of Walmart as fast as I can go. And, and so I'm pushing along, my son is with me, and, and I heard a voice. It sounded familiar. I looked at my son and said, son, that's Granny. And sure enough, we went a couple hours over, and there she was, talking to her friends. I went and gave her a big hug, and, and we talked for a minute. See, I know her voice. I can recognize it in a crowd because I'm close to her. I have a relationship with her. You hear what I'm saying this morning? Have you spent enough time with the shepherd? Have you spent enough time with God to know his voice? 
To recognize it when he's calling. To recognize it when he is, is speaking to you. Because here's the thing. He is calling you. Not only is he calling you, he knows you by name. He created you. In him, you have everything. You have life. You have your being. You have your purpose. You have your identity. You have everything. He knows every hair on your head or lack of. And, and, and he knows everything about you, right? And he calls you by name. You are his. He loves you. He loves you so much. And because he loves you so much, you can trust him. You can know him. You can follow him and give your life to him because you are loved well to live well. So he guides. Number two, he provides. The good shepherd provides. Psalm 23 again. Psalm 23, one through three. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Listen, that word pasture really stuck out to me. For some reason, I mean, if you read through the Bible, you should look for things that stick out to you. Not just read it and say, oh, I read it. But look for things that stick out to you. Things that, that have light bulbs just popping off. And, and maybe ask, helps you ask questions about that. Well, what does that word mean? That happened for me here. And I looked into that word pasture, and I mean, it's obvious what a pasture is. It's grass, and the animals hang out in it, and, right? But, but if you look kind of a little bit deeper in that, the pasture is, is, is a place of provision. It's the place where the animals were fed. It's the place where the animals grew. It's the place where the animals had sustenance. It's a place where they could lay their head down and rest and be full, okay? So... so, so the Lord, our shepherd, makes us lie down in green pastures, a place where we can rest, a place where we can find peace, a place where we can grow and be fulfilled. Do you see it? In fact, sheep won't lay down until they're full. Sheep won't, won't lay down. They won't find rest. They won't take a moment of rest until they, they've, been, they've been fed and, and full. Jesus is our shepherd and he leads us to everything that, that we need. He satisfies our soul. He, he loves you. He wants to fulfill you and he wants to sustain you. He told the woman at the well, you'll never thirst again. You're drinking for this, this water, but I want to give you some living water so where you won't thirst again. But there's a lot of people walking around thirsty today. They're thirsty for attention. They're thirsty for identity. They're thirsty for purpose. But man, the Bible tells us that Jesus sticks closer than a brother. The, the Bible tells us in Him we live and move and have our being. Our purpose and our identity is found in Him. Jesus is our shepherd. And He provides for us because He loves us. You are loved well to live well. He guides, He provides, and He corrects. All right, say, I, I was building you up really good. <laughs> I was building you up really good. You guys were pumped for a minute there. I can see it on your face. But He corrects, and we need this. We need to understand this. He, he corrects. See, the shepherd had a staff, right? And a little hook on the end of it. The sheep wandered off. He could, he could redirect it. He could guide it along. The sheep got out of line. Gave a little tap on the hind there, right? The shepherd loves you enough. Hear this, right? The shepherd loves you enough to correct you when you're wandering. He loves you enough... That he doesn't want you to stay stuck in a pattern of sin and wrong decisions. He, he loves you enough so that you don't stay stuck in, in, in your mess or wandering off lost away from him. When I discipline my kids, they get mad at me. They call me mean. My little three-year-old daughter will say, not nice, daddy. 
I get so upset because I'm, 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 I'm disciplining them. I get so mad and I'll take it on the chin. That's all right. Because I know it's good for them. It would be bad if I just let them get away with every little thing. It would be bad if I, I didn't give them some consequences to their actions. Not only would it be bad for me, but it would be bad for you too. It would be bad for society. It would be bad for all their friends in the future. It would be bad for their employers that they have one day. It would be bad for their future family. That's kind of happening in our society today, isn't it? It would be bad for them if I didn't discipline them. If I let them get whatever they want without any, any consequences. Hebrews 12, 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Yeah, no kidding. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Jesus, the good shepherd, loves us enough to correct us and keep us from harm. You're loved well to live well. I, I know it's, it's easy to look at the Bible and say, man, this is just a bunch of rules. If you make it that, yeah, it'll be that way. But, but this is God's best plan for your life. This is God's best. And that's not saying you won't get yourself into some stuff. That's not saying you won't experience some things that, that maybe you have no control over. Because even Jesus himself said trouble will come. But take heart. He has overcome the world. So, so this is not just a list of do's and don'ts. We've often said many times, it's not about rules, it's about a relationship. And that's absolutely true. But if you look at it as, this is just a bunch of rules, this is just, you know, this is just the, the church's way of putting their thumb on me and making me do it. No, it's, it's not. If you make it that way, it'll be that way. But it's not. It's necessary for us. God's laid it out for us. This is the plan, this is the map. And he's laid this out for us so that we can have a life and life to the fullest. So he guides, he provides, he corrects. And the last one is he protects. If you're taking notes, the last one is he protects. Psalms 23, verses 4 through 6. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, the same rod that disciplines you, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Interesting, right? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A shepherd watches over the sheep to protect them. Now Jesus' perspective here is from an eastern perspective. Because that's where he was and lived. And so when he's looking at an eastern shepherd in, in a terrain and in different places that they lived. They were susceptible to floods and all kinds of weather and obviously prey of different animals and, 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 and even humans. And so the shepherd had to watch over the sheep to protect them from the elements and, and, and from prey and, and, and from even from people to protect them from harm. Listen, some of you may go through some things in life. Some of you may have already gone through some crazy stuff, some crazy storms, some crazy situations. You, you may even have people that are against you. You may have people that have, have talked about you, that have gossiped about you, that have lied about you. Some of you have gone through all kinds of stuff. Some of you have gone through sicknesses. You've faced disease. You've been through uh, accidents and all sorts of situations. But here's some hope for you, right? The shepherd was there with you, he is there with you now, and he will always be there with you, no matter what you go through. Now, this trips us up, because then we ask the question, well, if he was there, why didn't he, why didn't he stop what I went through? Listen, you can't have a testimony without a test. 
We're, we're going to go through some testing because it produces growth. It produces perseverance in us. If everything is just easy for you, you're never going to learn anything. And there's never going to be a reason to trust in God, which is what he wants in the first place. And, and I know that that messes up our, our mentality because it's like, you know, why would, God, why would God allow me to go through this? He wants to produce growth out of you. He wants, to, he wants to put you through the test so that you have a testimony, so that you have something to share with the world. But I do know this. I do know this. For some of you, things could have been a lot worse. I, I do know some of, some of you went through some things, but you know what, baby? You're still standing today, aren't you? I know some of you have been knocked down, but you got back up. I know some of you have been through some things and it didn't seem like you were ever going to get through, but you came through on the other side. There was light at the end of the tunnel and you came, you came on through because of God and how he helped you through and helped you persevere. You might go through fire, but you won't be burned. You might go through some water, but you won't drown. You might be pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed because the Lord, your God is with you. That's the shepherd. That's the shepherd we're talking about today. He guides you, he provides for you, he corrects you, and he also protects you because you are loved well to live well. Worship team, you guys can come on up and get in place. You are loved well to live well. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7 says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who do not need to repent. Listen, Jesus is after you. Not in like a creepy, scary kind of way. But Jesus, Jesus is after you. Jesus is for you. Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He has life for you and a life abundantly. And maybe today you feel like you're that wanderer. Maybe you feel like you've been wandering. Can I tell you? Let, 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 let's, let this day be marked in history that you aren't wandering anymore. That, that this Savior, this shepherd that we're talking to has found you. He wants to put you up on his shoulders and carry you through whatever things you may be going through today. Listen, there's some of you in here today, you understand about wandering because that was you one day. But man, Jesus came into your life and he changed you forever. You aren't wandering anymore. Not every day is, is perfect, but, but you aren't wandering anymore. You aren't lost. You are found by his amazing grace. Some of you understand that, but there may be some of you in here today. Maybe you're that one. Maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the wanderer. Man, Jesus, Jesus wants you to have an encounter with him today. You don't have to wait anymore. But pastor, you don't understand what I've been through. I kind of do. <laughs> That's the thing about it. There's a lot of people in here that kind of do. If you face sickness, there's some people in here that have faced sickness and God has healed them. If you face all kinds of, of sin issues, addictions, and things like that, there's people in here that have been delivered from some stuff. Don't think that you're alone in this. Don't think that you are alone. Don't think that you've messed up so much that, that God won't take you back. Because see, that's, that's the enemy. That's the thief. He's trying to steal that seed from you. 
He doesn't want you to get on board with this. He wants you to stay stuck. He wants you to stay wandering. Jesus' love is, is so great. Man, we can't run too far away from him that he can't reach us. His love is for you. It's so great. Paul himself understood this. The Apostle Paul. Before he was that, he was Saul and he persecuted Christians. Had them killed, stoned, thrown into prison. I got messed up a lot. <laughs> but Jesus had a plan and purpose for his life. Jesus had something so different for him. And he woke him up. So he understood when he spoke. Paul said, there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Whether you accept him or not, his love is still there for you. His love is so great for you and it's so available for you. If you're that wanderer today, why don't you take a chance? Why don't you take a chance on Jesus today? We can't run too far from him that his love won't reach. You may feel like you've messed up too much, but God's grace is for all who believe. The Bible says that the shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Jesus laid down his life for us. He died on a cross for our sins. But he rose again so that we could have life and life to the fullest because you are loved well to live well. Jesus loves you. He wants you to trust him with your life today. He will help you with whatever decisions you need to make or whatever you need. He will help you past your mistakes. He will see you through all your worries, your doubts, and every fear. He will make a way when there seems to be no way. Because he's the good shepherd. And he loves his sheep so much that he laid his life down. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.